Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast. Dustin here, and this is episode number 123 with Kevin O'Connell and Mandy Stewart talking about strengths in the job search, uh, continuing our uh, sort of uh, inconsistent uh, but uh, ongoing series about strengths, uh, helping you help your students, helping you be a better professional, and for this episode, helping you uh, with a job search, whether you're just starting out or uh, maybe further along in your career. Uh, Kevin and Mandy definitely have uh, cool, unique experiences from their own stories, uh, kind of figuring out their career. Uh, Kevin founded the Nietzsche Movement, uh, uh, and uh, he's been on the show before to talk about it, and just really cool stuff that he does with that uh, organization. Uh, down in the show notes, you can find more information about that. Uh, check out their book, and check out their uh, upcoming conference that's happening in D.C. in October, uh, NicheCon. Uh, so uh, all good stuff uh, there with what they're doing, other cool stuff that we talk about in this episode that you can find in the show notes. But um, yeah, I know this is something that uh, I've experienced within the past couple of years, uh, graduating from grad school, doing a search, and uh, getting a new job recently. Uh, all those sort of things on my mind. So I'm happy we can uh, give the platform here to talk about it and share all the goodness with you all uh, who are listening. So I appreciate you listening. Appreciate you uh, uh, checking this episode out. And uh, yeah, without further ado, this is episode 123 with Kevin and Mandy. Thinking like, what's worse when you like just sit around and have nothing to do or when you have like too much to do and you're just like, it's like <laughs> they're both not great in like different ways, I guess. But um, yes. I'm worse when there's not as much to do. Uh, I'm I'm bad at that. I'm better when there's like today is a crazy day and I enjoy it. But yeah, I guess yeah, like people kind of like thrive sometimes. Like you know, uh, more stuff going on and, and like I guess yeah, like the boredom is like very unproductive boredom versus like oh I'm just doing like a menial task. Like I'm at least doing something. It's boring, but like it, it you know you're doing something and then like if it's a really packed day it's like yeah i'm stressed out but like it's for a reason like there are things happening like it, it's uh you know it's a bit more active and productive i guess so um yeah i guess a happy medium like, is good for me just so i can like recover <laughs> yeah. it looked like uh looked like you and jen had a good time in uh, old town alexandria huh yes we did yeah uh yeah, we just went, uh, well, as of the recording of this episode, we went the uh, this past weekend, and uh, uh, yeah, we, like, walked up and down uh, uh, King Street and uh, did a little, like, uh, uh, I guess it's kind of like a party, but I was I was hoping the boat was going to be, like, like bigger and like uh it was just it was a it was a humble little boat but it was a fun time everybody just kind of crammed in there and there's an open bar and uh just went up and down the potomac uh for a couple hours and um yeah we just had like it was nice to stay over the night and just uh check out a couple places we definitely want to go back like it was it was almost like overwhelmed by the options and we just like only had so much time so um yeah it was a very nice uh very nice place there. And we drove through the National Harbor just to like see what that looked like too. And that was a cool little little area too. So yeah, um, yeah, it's a good time. I'm looking forward to popping back uh, sometime soon. Very cool. Yeah, we'll dive right in here. Uh, and I know, uh, I guess for this one, I want to I want to start with you, Kevin, because you were on the podcast before uh, back in November sure. of 2014. So I'm curious, oh. you can give kind of like an abbreviated version of. Uh, you know, your, your introduction, because we'll link to that episode as well. So if you want to give like a quick 
version of uh, who you are and how you got to be where you are and maybe something, uh, you know, you, you know, personal, professional, anything, something notable that you can think of, like fun uh, that happened since November of 2014 when you were last on the show. Uh, so, Dustin, since you and I uh, last talk, talked in November of 2014, uh, a lot has happened. I left student affairs a month prior, so I've been out of student affairs since October of 2014, so it'll be two years coming soon. And um, I took the niche, the niche movement full-time. We uh, published, self-published our first book that has been well-received uh, by several student affairs colleagues, young professionals, college students. We now have a community of 25-plus contributing editors across the country. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, we have Mandy, who's on the call and interview with us. She's our director of community, but I'll let her introduce herself as well. Um, and alongside of that, um, I launched FYN Creative, which is a sister company of the Niche Movement, Find Your Niche Creative, and it's a digital storytelling agency. And I think one of the coolest things for me is I was very fearful of, you know, Am I going to stop working in student affairs, stop working with college students, stop working with young professionals? And um, the case is, has been the complete opposite. I think uh, I've worked with more college students, had a greater impact with universities um, on the niche movement and, and digital storytelling side, and um, gotten to work with American University, GW, ACPA, and uh, just a lot, of, a lot of great people. So um, it's been a wild ride, plenty of ups and downs. Um, but uh, I think, you know, my, my father was just joking with me this weekend is, um, you know, I could be stressing about a, a crappy boss or a crappy work environment. Um, but, you know, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stressing over where my next paycheck comes from and what our next partnership and, and client and all those things come from. But I, I think I'd rather take that than the, the, uh, the latter of the complaining about a boss or, or a crappy work environment. Mm. Uh, but I've been super, super fortunate just putting myself out there and, and super, uh, you know, lucky of the people that have said yes and have seen the, the vision and, and the, the work that I could do. So, oh, okay. and you're one of, you're one of them. So thank you for that. And thanks <laughs> uh, for having me. On. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. And I'm, I've always kind of, it, it's, it's funny that one of our uh, other recent guests, who I know you had some overlap with at, at Rutgers, uh, Patrick Love, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's like certain people that, especially the people that I've had uh, just sort of personal connection with and sort of, uh, you know, met with in person and stuff. And, and, and you're one of them and Patrick is one of them of just uh, like people that I just kind of like buy into, you know, like I just kind of, I'm just like, yeah, whatever you're doing, like it, I, it just kind of vibes <laughs> and I kind of, it just connects sort of thing. Like I really uh, very much believe in Patrick's advice. We had him talking about like job search stuff and just sort of his point of view as student affairs and stuff. And uh, certainly, yeah, everything that you've done, uh, but the niche movement definitely uh, major kudos to what you've been able to accomplish just in this short time, and uh, definitely, uh, obviously, like what the work that you do uh, connects to the topic that we want to talk to or talk about for this episode. That your your personal journey with it as well uh, definitely connects with it. So we'll definitely yeah. get more into that. But uh, thank you, it means a lot. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Mandy, we'll, we'll go over to you if you just want to give a uh, quick introduction of who you are and how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, totally. Super excited to be here. I also come from a higher ed background. I finished grad school a few years ago, and when I was in grad school, was a contributing editor for the Niche Movement blog. Really connected to what the Niche Movement was doing, and I reached out to Kevin in January and wanted to get more involved. Um, I have been working in admissions professionally for the last few years, and 
think I really was kind of seeking more creative involvement in different organizations. So reached out to Kevin and been able to be a part of the niche movement journey in a little more of a deeper way the last six months and be involved in all the exciting stuff we've got going on. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I got here today. Yeah. And yeah, this is great. We all uh, share very different uh, higher ed backgrounds, but it'll obviously just help obviously frame things. Uh, you know, we're talking this, uh, you know, we'll, we'll link to the other episodes as well. It's sort of a, uh, a third episode in a uh, what I imagine could just be be now. I was thinking kind of like a, a three part series, but I feel like it could be a multi part series going into the future of just uh, connecting strengths to uh, different aspects of the student affairs higher ed world, and you know, we all kind of have similar like, or in a similar industry of higher ed, but different ways that we got to where we are. Um, and uh, so yeah, this episode will be uh, about. Strengths and job searching. So I think it, it can certainly be very broad. Uh, certainly, we're speaking from uh, our own experiences and uh, higher ed mostly, but uh, different stuff as well. But uh, Mandy, if you want to start out, because I mean, I, we're kind of at similar phases, I guess, of uh, part in the category of like young professionals. Uh, of you know, we've been through uh, job searches recently, kind of more traditional, you know, uh, ways that we've gotten our opportunities recently. So. I guess from your point of view and your experience, what do you think is happening? And obviously, like this is this is the work of the uh, niche movement uh, as well. Like, what do you think is happening right now in the world of job searching? And like, you know, what's maybe working better now than it did before? What's kind of being disrupted? You know, uh, what's on your mind? I guess of like kind of the current status of of job searching today. Yeah, it's actually crazy because we, my partner is also in student affairs and we just relocated to California for his position. So I've been pretty knee deep in the world of job searching the last month and definitely seeing things a little more differently than I maybe saw the world of job searching when I was coming out of grad school. Um, and I'm not sure if that's the job searching is changing and, you know, the way we're going about it is changing or my lens now with my involvement in the niche movement or a combination of both. Um, but I'm definitely seeing that higher ed specifically, it's, it's super competitive out there. I um, have been searching since May in a much bigger area than we were before, but it's a long, slow process. And, you know, regional searches in higher ed are hard. I think that I've also been, you know, talking with Kevin and doing a little bit of blogging about what's it like on the other side of whatever else you call everything that's not student affairs um, and kind of exploring, you know, where I see my strengths to lie and kind of what do I love about higher ed and, you know, what why does leaving the field seem so scary? So I've been kind of exploring a lot about that. And I think that right now in job searching, it's requiring us to be more creative in our approaches. And I've been seeing some really cool organizations both in and outside of higher ed doing really innovative things on their kind of careers pages or through the application process. Um, and that really has appealed to me. And I think that that's becoming more and more apparent in the world of job searching, just these more creative ways to reach out to young professionals that are on the job search and really create more of a dialogue of what they're all about and what the organization is looking for and less about, you know, making a lot of judgments based on a one or multiple page resume. Mm -hmm. So I think seeing that 
seeing that there are more and more places valuing that kind of creativity has been really exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it, it's an interesting point right now for, for higher ed job searching is that like it, and I guess I don't know if this is the way it is for other things, but it, it just feels like it's, yeah, because it's so competitive, it gets to be kind of just a numbers game. So regional searches are really difficult um, because I think if you're in a, a kind of a metropolitan area, it can just be really hard to get something. Um, and it's just, it's difficult in general if you're doing like a very broad national search. But um, yeah, I'll definitely uh, link over to the recent episode we had with uh, Patrick because he talked about some uh, innovations with uh, recruiting that he's, uh, put into place at uh, NYIT, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's on one hand, uh, uh, yeah, something that's not working great is that I feel like most of the places I applied to recently uh, all had the same system, which isn't a great like enterprise like recruiting software. <laughs> uh, and then I like it was, for one, yeah, it's just not great on its own. And then two, it's like it feels like all of these should be able to like talk to each other. So like if it was maybe like a single sign on or like a single you know app, like we've done, we've, we've figured that out for other things. Like why not for you know job consideration or something? But it's uh, I guess not here nor there <laughs> you know, software yeah. functionality. But like yeah, I mean it, it's definitely changed. I think just with the advent of you can find more out there online, but uh, I think some of the old ways have held true, even in like, you know, the more modern job searching of how we consider people. But uh, yeah, I mean, it has been refreshing seeing that uh, some places will really value that, uh, you know, how you're putting yourself out there in professional organizations or writing or creating content of any kind, uh, really valuing that and your uh, people's commitment to the field, commitment to growing and learning and uh, connecting with others. Um, Jeff definitely is making kind of a, a change and that's sort of like a, a disruption, I guess, a little bit to the process. And um, I think something that is working better certainly is that somebody in Montana can find a job in Texas and interview for it via Skype and, you know, all sorts of things, you know, like that is definitely a positive change, but um, some of those old, you know, stuffy traditions, I think are, are you know, being kind of stubborn. I guess, Kevin, what, any, any thoughts on this from you, from your perspective, just like, what do you think, you know, maybe specifically <laughs> in higher ed, I guess, just from any you know, perspective uh, you have or more generally, just, you know, what's being disrupted, yeah. what's working better now, but maybe what needs to, needs to change a little bit. I, I have three main thoughts, but I'm a little hurt, Dustin. You, you, you categorize me as not a young professional anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the, I don't no. know what it, you know, the categories I, I just, are. I guess, I guess after you hit 30, you're not a young professional anymore. I, 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 at heart, I hope I still am. Yeah, <laughs> um, yes, totally. <laughs> um, Three big thoughts that come to my head, and I'll work backwards from what you guys just start stop talking about. Is one, applicant systems are the death of of uh, of all of us because I think that the first thing I would suggest to everybody is if you are applying through an applicant tracking system, I would automatically judge that company, that organization, that institution, whatever it is, and not for the not for like hey, I never want to work there, but just know that they they're a large enough organization where they need something like that. And I think that needs to be an internal reflection of, do you want to work somewhere that has 500 plus employees, a thousand plus employees that automates everything. And I've worked with plenty of people that they're obsessed with automating emails, Salesforce, customer service relations. You know, they're, they're looking to automate applicant tracking systems, but at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, like what we're doing right now. Can you, can the three of us have a conversation? Do we get along with each other? Do they have the skills and will they fit in our organization? Um, so I think 
the more that we can take that automated part out um, from the interview, from the organization side of recruiting, yes, I know it takes more work and time, but also from the from from our side of like what Mandy just alluded to, and I think we put out a piece of content last week on the niche of like we're more than a resume, we're more than a, a two-page black and white piece of paper, um, and us as young professionals need to find a way to tell our story. And so th- my second point is um, what you alluded to is is somebody that is well known in this field, Patrick Love. He's accessible. He's accessible through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and and email. Right. Um, all. All of us are human and we're all now accessible. And so it's this li- world of limitless connection. Um, and I'm a more, I'm a big believer and I'm sure it'll come across in some other tips or whatever we, whatever road we go down here in the next 20 minutes is relationships are key um, because that's going to, even if you have to apply to an applicant tracking system, that email introduction or that handshake introduction or that, hey, I went to graduate school with that person or I used to work at that institution that's going to at least get you out of the applicant, applicant tracking system and, and out of 200 resumes, it'll get you in a pile of 15 resumes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's relationships. And then the, the third part is, is exactly what you're doing, Dustin, and, what's, and what Mandy's doing. Mandy is, has been job searching, and, um, but she has being fulfilled through, I know she's got a couple side hustles. Uh, she's working here with us with the niche movement, but she is, you know, Fulfilling a creative outlet, she's meeting a ton of people. Would you agree, Mandy? You're meeting a ton of people, doing a yeah, lot of definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, work, you know, creating, you know, in between this job search, she's creating a, a, a bullet point bullet points on her resume, mm-hmm. but also connecting with people and building a portfolio. Same thing you're doing, Dustin. You you work at Two You. You still are involved with the Student Affairs Collective, the podcast. You are you use this platform to interview and meet new people. Um, there's not no one stopping anybody else from from building those relationships and, and creating a platform to you know blog once a week and interview somebody, create a podcast, tweet somebody. Um, so that's that's my little rant. Is we're even though this world is bigger and we're trying to automate everything, we can. It's so easier to to make it more personable on the digital and, and physical uh, in person side. Yeah, absolutely great advice. Yeah, I mean it's, it's come up multiple times with different guests of just like it, it like. Uh, you know, we always like to try and give resources and stuff is the idea of like an easy, free resource to help you grow. And that, yeah, and certainly in this context, like help you build your network and connect with people and maybe start to, if you're, you know, we'll get to a little bit of like somebody who's kind of struggling to define what they're into, what they're good at, or, you know, what, they, what their strengths are, what their, their niches, um, like a free way to, to help figure that out is to just like reach out and talk to people. Like, you know, a lot of people, are, are very happy to, you know, talk about what they do and give a little bit of their time and, you know, pay things forward sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I think we sh- certainly well, should not, uh, uh, like, underestimate the value of that, of just, uh, yeah. like you said, relationships and connecting with people. Well, the, the, the three main things, real quick, and I, and I know you have other questions and we'll probably get to it, but I, I want to make sure we don't miss it, is yeah. the three questions that you, you as a candidate can ask yourself or you can, uh, of, of others, is, the first thing is, and we talk about this all the time at the Nitruman, is just ask like four people in your network, maybe your former supervisor, your coworker, your mom, dad, brother, sister, partner, whatever. You know, what are my strengths? You know, be and tell, like be super candid w- with yourself, uh, with with them, and and be like, I want the truth. Tell me what I'm, what you think I'm really good at, whether it's you know physical traits, skills, whatever. Maybe they might tell you things you're not good at, but like, what are my strengths? pull five people and put them in, in buckets. And, and so there's one way to find your strengths, but also, you know, what motivates you, you know, 
are you in your early 20s and you're motivated by money and you need to pay off your bills and get out of the house? Or is it you want work-life balance or you want flexibility, where you work, how you work, et cetera? Um, and the last thing is like, what are th three things you would do for free? Um, because one of them you might be able to create a side hustle or a creative outlet for. Um, or you might be able to go, there's a company out there that might do the, the things you love doing for free. You might be able to work there. So those are at least three practical questions to start asking yourself. Um, and we have a whole list of stuff on our website that they could read about, get for free, et cetera. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, we'll we'll have uh, you know direct links to uh, like your book covers a lot of this stuff, uh, so folks can check that out. And yeah, the site in general this is a lot of great stuff as well. And, um, mm. Yeah, and get, just coming back to you, Mandy, uh, you know, someone who's like in this process, been in it uh, recently, um, of just you know applying and trying to um, find kind of what the next thing is for you. Um, What's your thoughts? Because you, you mentioned strengths in your previous answer. Of just like, uh, where do you think someone's strengths, you know, as strengths finder, as it were, uh, you know, that we all have these uh, unique uh, individual strengths that is kind of what we have to offer the world. Uh, where do you think they should come in in the job search? Is there a, a, a better time for it to kind of, uh, you know, be on your mind and be what you're what you're thinking about and what you've kind of put forward in, in the job search? Yeah, it's crazy because I feel like when I started thinking about strengths, my entire outlook on job searching shifted. When I started thinking like, what what am I good at? What do I what am I looking for versus what experience do I have? What boxes can I check in terms of what they're looking for? I felt like mind blown, like job search totally. <laughs> transformed. And it seems so simple to start there, but I definitely wasn't thinking from that lens. Um, and when you're searching and reading descriptions and reading all those bullet points and, and I would go through positions and be like, okay, well I have this, this, and this, but I don't have this and this. So do you just trash it? Even though you really want to work at that organ, like with that organization, you really think you could be excited about the position. And I think, you know, like Kevin said, if you can have a conversation with someone, um, like I always say about job searching, like if you can just get to the part of talking and connecting with someone and get past that paper judgments automated part of the process and really be able to talk about who you are, I think that it makes everything so much easier and more authentic. And sometimes that's hard to get to that point or if you can't check a certain box, you know, from the HR front end part of a process, you're not even looked at. Um, but I would love it if some organizations could do a better job writing job descriptions that focus more on strengths and what they're looking for and less on those responsibilities that you can't necessarily teach someone um, or less on the responsibilities. I mean, you can't necessarily teach someone certain strengths that they either have or they don't and what aligns with an organization or what doesn't. So. I mean, for me personally, and what Kevin and I have talked a lot about as I've been searching and he's been supporting me through this process, I think that start, like there's nothing wrong with starting with you and what you're good at and what makes you feel excited um, and then kind of, kind of reaching out from there. And I don't think that that's a starting point that I had ever considered before. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a, a powerful point of view because, yeah, I think it's you know, we all have, again, just a, a unique blend of who we are and what we have to, to offer the world, what we're good at. And uh, yeah, I mean, we can get intimidated a lot by yeah, having that uh, experience and check boxes and just very like, um, 
you know, it's a very limiting point of view when you're when you're searching for something. So it's going to be like, these are all the tasks that you have to do. And it's like, I've never done any of these, you know, things before. I don't think I can do this job. But yeah, like some uh, positions I've seen that are really, you know, it, you know, I guess I would say the, the better ones, the ones I like better are the ones where they are saying like, we want somebody who is, you know, enthusiastic team play, you know, like those things. And it's like, yeah, those are all those things. I haven't done this specific job before, but I can, right. I can learn tasks versus, yeah, learning how to be like, empathetic and you know uh, able to hold conversations or you know those sort of things so, yeah like if, if uh you know they're looking for uh personality you know those sort of things uh you know certainly it's going to be helpful if you've had any experience with something but i think it can be uh, off-putting for folks to because uh, yeah i mean this i was just mentioning is that this job i've never done a job like this before but uh there's kind of transferable skills but a lot of it was just the personality and the mindset uh, that I think really, really helped. And, um, you know, certainly also skills cultivated through those things that were the more like personally fulfilling kind of side projects, uh, you know, that I think those helped me as well. But, um, yeah, definitely I think having a strengths mindset will help you, uh, go forth with greater confidence and knowing, uh, what you have to offer, uh, and kind of just start you out at a, at a more positive place. And, um, when I guess with, with the other side, I'd, I'd be interested for, for you, Kevin, on this one of, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so you're starting out with the strengths mindset, you know, so you're putting forth a, yeah. a great, uh, you know, putting yourself forward in a good way. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if somebody's not really being mindful of those things, and I think, you know, and also like an, a recruiter isn't thinking about these things either, mm -hmm. you know, and I guess I don't, I don't want you to be, have to be the, the negative Nancy, but I guess like yeah. what happens when like you don't lead with your unique strengths, you aren't thinking about this kind of stuff. Like, I think this is obviously like what you're, what you're hoping for people to avoid, I guess just give the negatives and I guess maybe just give like the, the ideal situation as well. So yeah. I don't want to linger out a whole day on sure. the negative. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, listen, and I went back to it with kind of the, what motivates you. It's also kind of like what your necessities or practicality is as well. Um, you know, where you are in your life, where you are in your job search and, and your, your needs with your family, yourself, et cetera. But, um, Yes, yeah, sometimes we need to take that first job offer. Uh, we don't care about strengths. We don't care about where it is, who it's with, who our boss is. Um, but I think that is, uh, again, coming from student affairs and higher ed, I, it, this is what, it's not even higher ed, it's just what we're training our society from, from our parents to our advisors to our friends and family. You know, we see all our friends and family getting all these cool jobs, uh, and you're like, cool, I just got a job offer, I might as well take it because I want to pay off my student loans, I want to get out of the house, et cetera. So, yeah, and, and two, three years later, I think we find out, like, this isn't what it all cracked up to be. Like, adulting is hard and, mm -hmm. you know, working for the man is tough or for a boss I don't like. And because um, we didn't, we, everything that Mandy and I and you were talking about, Dustin, is like, it takes it takes some discipline. Like, um everything that we talk about in this room is like, yes, like take 15 minutes a week or 15 minutes a day and like really think about, like answer some of these questions, whether they're from us or from somewhere else or another blog post you've read or a book you've read, like take some time to really evaluate who you are. Um, again, um, and you and I've talked about Dustin, like if it's the Gallup strengths finder, what are your strengths? And then when you go on an interview, like don't be afraid to ask like, Hey, have you ever taken taken Strengths Finder, or have you ever like? Do you know what your strengths are? How would you describe the strengths of your department? Um, you know, what are the five characteristics? Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, winding up in a in a job that isn't ideal isn't the best. But going back to my original advice, there's just 
too many ways to stay fulfilled outside of the nine to five, uh, even though that doesn't exist in, in student affairs most of the time, or it's usually nine to nine, nine to 10. Um, but find those extra hours that you do have to, to connect or create a brand or create more work for yourself. Um, and, and the other thing is so many, so many people, and since I'm not a young professional anymore, you can talk to so many of us, including my wife, Courtney, et cetera. We've all in some capacity left the traditional student affairs right around when we were 30. So I don't know, six to eight to 10 years in the field. And, um, We've all survived, like like Mandy said, like everything else other than student affairs. Like, is it corporate? Is it startups? Is it tech? Is it uh, is it nonprofit world? Like, whatever it is, we've survived it. And there's definitely ways to make a career, career transition. Um, one of the things that I noted that I want to kind of share for people, and, and I would I would share this for the student affairs folks on the hiring side, as well as the people job searching, is I think one of the companies that is doing it well on paper, at least, or doing it well. Um, on, on recruiting is uh, Bloom, Bloomberg Careers. So if you go to Bloomberg.com backslash careers, Mandy, I think I shared this with you a couple mm -hmm. months ago, right? Yeah. Um, th they've hired they've hired companies like they are. If you go to that site, they're very particular about their recruiting message. They have videos. They have real employees. They have it broken down as interns, recent graduates, uh, experienced professionals. But if you click on any job description, I'm reading one right now. It says. Is, you know, it's all about what we do in our teams, what we're passionate about. But then it says, we will trust you to do, and then it lists five bullet points. Um, so they, they are instilling trust. Like these are the things we want to trust you with. And then it says, you should have. And then, so these are like the necessities we'd love to see. And then it has four bullet points. So we'd love to see, you can bring leadership and mentoring expertise. You have financial knowledge and at least uh, one one asset class. You're familiar with new nuances of building high volume, high availability distributed systems. So this is like a tech job. Mm -hmm. But it's it's very well um, communicated what they're looking for, uh, what type of culture they are, whether they carry that out or not. I'm not sure until you get in there. But it, it's it's a really good platform to look at um, because they, they distill like what strains they're looking for. Yeah. So yeah cool. That's just, yeah. It's, just some, it's just a North Star to, to look at. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I think uh, something that I've read that I think yeah, I, I, it, it balances, I think, because sometimes how I get with, like, you know, some of this kind of discussion is that it's um, frustrating of, like, yeah, there's there's the realities of, like, you need a job to sur survive and you can't just wait for, like, the, the perfect thing or, like, your dream job or, you know, uh, uh, you know, you can't do something too risky. But I think what I read that I think is helpful and it's, it's I think, underladen here of what we're talking about is that I think if you need a job, certainly take a job, but use that as like a place of safety to cultivate those other interests and like build those relationships so you can find the next thing that I think will be more fulfilling and utilize your unique gifts and strengths and everything. Because um, I think that was very reassuring for me to hear is that like, I know I, I spent two years in a job recently that felt kind of stifling and I was very worried about the, what the future would hold, um, but that was a place of safety for me to uh, cultivate this, you know, my writing, podcasting, and uh, build connections, and eventually end up in something that felt like far more better fit. Um, so, yeah, I think part of it uh, is having that like faith to keep at it, and that yeah, like you you aren't yes. ever beholden to something forever. Like if you if you're in a place, have that have that confidence to try and find the next better thing. Um, yeah, you you just said two years out of your twenties, so two years out of ten years. 
and now you're you're down here in Maryland. You're you're at a fresh company. It seems like that you love, and mm-hmm. it was two years of of not ideal stuff. But uh, like you said, you got to have your creative outlets still, and and it led to something good. And whether it's a few months, two years, etc., just I think having patience mm-hmm. as long as you're working at it. And if you're not, then I mean, it comes with the territory. You're gonna always not be happy or not have an opportunity that comes your way. So yeah, um, yeah, and I think uh, I mean you've both lived it a lot. The next thing I want to ask about is I, I know I've I've heard from some people who like you know they've just been busy with school or just been in school straight through from you know many years of you know K through twelve college and maybe gone to grad school and now they are you know uh, adulting to use that term yeah like uh, so they might not know what their hobbies are they might not know what their interests are and I guess. Any quick little tips? I mean, it, certainly we've acknowledged the value of just uh, reaching out to people, those people that you see doing interesting stuff, talk to them and figure out, you know, how they've done that. I guess any other, uh, and Mandy, I'll start with you on this one, any other ideas of, like, advice that you might give for someone who's trying to figure out what their, their niche is or, you know, what their hobbies are, what, they, you know, what they're interested in or what they're good at, you know? Yeah, we have a little image that always like comes to mind that says like for the niche movement that says nine to five, pay the bills, five to 11, work on dreams. Um, And I feel like for me, there's so many more hours in the day, you know, and even if you're paying the bills and you have your nine to five job, whatever that looks like, there's still time to pursue other hobbies and explore other interests and like you were saying, get out there and talk to people and just not stop. And that that journey to finding your niche, I think, you know, we try to be pretty upfront and transparent at the niche movement. Like we're not just trying to be rainbows and unicorns and like everyone should find the job that they love. And then once you do, it's all easy. Um, but I think not giving up on the pursuit of that and remembering like there's lots of hours in the day still to work on those dreams and and pursue what that is and not to not to discount anything if you have an interest or a skill or a talent or a hobby um, to really explore that and really think about what what would you do for free what would you where do you feel kind of most alive and and just just keep kind of chipping at it little by little yeah um, well I think that makes me think of like uh, looking in those maybe unexpected places because I think there's some people I know that just are like amazing at cooking or, you know, and really love it and love doing that or like love entertaining people and putting on like parties or something and events. And like, you can look in those unexpected places of like finding fulfillment there or seeking it out and trying things. And, you know, uh, there's so many like free courses and things like Coursera and platforms like that, or, you know, uh, you know, classes that you can take uh, any number of that. I mean, I, I, if you want to like, do yoga or meditate and you know you do it and you're like oh my god this is so amazing i want to like really get involved with this you know or you know become an instructor or something um i think you know just putting yourself out into the world for experiences but also uh you know i think that's one way to do it is experience but another way could just be like uh just learning about the you know reading more books reading more blogs and uh you know taking a course or something for free so um yeah uh, you know, always to sort of, cause I think, yeah, you can only figure out the things that you do like, but also the things that you don't like by like putting yourself out there in those yes. ways. So, um, yeah. And I guess, uh, yeah, just to kind of, uh, uh, kind of move along here. So, uh, Kevin, I mean, on, you know, anything that we've talked about, anything that's on your mind, we'll certainly link over, like I said, to a lot of the, 
uh, you know, the niche movement stuff, uh, niche movement, I'm getting in my head about how I'm saying it. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, so any other uh, resources, any other like blogs, books, videos, uh, organizations, anything that comes to mind um, about strengths, job searching, you know, finding uh, hobbies and all that kind of stuff, anything that comes to mind that you'd like for us to uh, include in the show notes? I think trying to get an idea of like what type of environment you're looking to work in, especially if you're leaving or thinking about leaving student affairs or higher ed, I think on cube.com, uh, the Muse, Glassdoor reviews are good, although it's kind of turning into the Yelp of, of, of employment uh, as far as they're leaving bad reviews for people that left or got fired. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the WeWork system where I work out of is fascinating because there's a big opportunity gap where there's so many startups and businesses working out of these WeWork offices across the world that are looking for interns and part-time and freelancers and and, and people to work in these really cool environments and really cool startups, um, but they're, they're only posting within their internal member network, really. Um, so if any of you have a, a, a WeWork in your neighborhood or visiting a city where there's a WeWork, just email them, call them, stop by, because they're always interested in giving tours, but you never know like who you might be able to meet or, or an event you could go to. Um, and yeah, Eventbrite and meetup.com, I preach a lot. You know, So what Manny was saying, like once you do find out some of the things you're, you you like or hobbies you're into or like what you said, Dustin, like you're doing things you don't like and you're starting to narrow down what you do like, go to an event, start meeting people, have a drink, um, go to meet up, find other people passionate about your, your area. Um, for me, I think one of the one of the things I'll start to close with is when I was at Rutgers, um, I had a skill set and I had a, a kind of a, I was hired as like the intramural and special events person, but um within a couple of years, like I got kind of bored with it. Right. Like I think we all do, especially like Mandy and I talk about like, you know, we, we don't like routines mm-hmm. and, and I had an outlet of still using my marketing degree. I was into tech and social media and I, I was able to slowly get a committee together, slowly start to build a, a personal or a, a, an organization's brand around social media. So if you're in res life and you like event planning, plan the next like residence hall event or plan, get on this, go even bigger and go on like the student affairs division and plan like a big conference there. Like if, if you, if you are into tech, like figure out a way to get tech involved in your, in your organization. So I think utilizing, um, you know, if, if you're doing your job in four hours and an eight hour day, figuring out, talking to your boss, how you can utilize those other four hours to do something you do enjoy. Uh, and if they don't allow you to do it, then maybe it's not the organization for you, or maybe you can do that on the weekends or at night. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, and that's, and that's one of the things I, when I was not as happy in my job, I was running, I used that as fuel to run away, you know, to build the niche room build my entrepreneurial brand. And I use that as fuel to get out. Now I'm out and I'm, I'm, I'm like mostly happy for the most part, but I need to find that fuel because I'm not as miserable, but I need to find more motivation and, and, um, and, and a spark that keeps me, that keeps me going all the time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just imagine if like, just like taking a leap and the adrenaline associated with that. But then once you land, it's like, okay, well now I need to like, yeah, figure out like the, yeah. that like what's next. Yeah. The motivation to like keep at something. Cause yeah, I mean, that's come up a lot. Uh, it's just like consistency and dedication and just like, you know, that's uh, a huge part of success. I think is like definitely just keeping at it, um, you know, for the long term. But um, yeah, Mandy, anything that comes to mind for you, just like resources that I give a, a shout out to. Um, I would just like to, I would just say that I've connected with a few different people on Twitter recently and we've been setting up Google Hangouts and just kind of 
networking in our own little circles of kind of what we're frustrated with or what we need to talk out. And I guess that's not really a resource, but it's been super powerful for me to meet new people face to face and just not be afraid to talk about the struggles and frustrations and kind of learn from what what different people in different networks and socials and organizations are doing to kind of keep moving forward to finding their niche. And and that's been really powerful for me in the last few months. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think is with uh, the point that we've made uh, plenty of times in this episode of like the relationships is that there's uh, seeking out, I think, different kinds of relationships too. Is that Mandy, like what you're saying, I think is just those people who are like, um, you know, along with you kind of normalizing what you're going through and can kind of, you all can kind of help each other through a, a similar experience. But then, uh, I think furthermore, uh, recognizing the value, it, it kind of popped up in my head as like, so I think, yeah, like normalize like where you're at and then kind of like near peering, like maybe someone that's a little bit ahead of you and then like also finding, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's someone who's closer, but it doesn't have to be. I guess it can be someone, you know, at a, at a higher level of just like a mentor, like somebody who's really been through it all and can kind of have maybe that more long-term viewpoint. Because um, I know what I thought of is that like, like, I don't think I have that person that's like, you know, the person that I can always like rely on and reach out to to like help me uh, keep playing a long game, I guess. And then, you know, there's other people in your life that are like down in the trenches with you and like more short term and can kind of, you know, you can commiserate with each other and like, you know, help each other and those sort of things. So I think recognizing the value of relationships in general and just how helpful they can be and how, you know, it's like a free resource, but then also, uh, you know, valuing different kinds of relationships and what they can what they can offer you. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we will uh, end here as we always do. Uh, and we'll, uh, I'll start with you, Mandy, uh, with whatever your final thought to end the episode is. Yeah. Uh, final thought. I would just say circling back to strengths, not to disregard your strengths and what you're really looking for and not to get so bogged down in the mundaneness of job searching to really forget about what you want and what you have to offer. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good way to circle back and close it in on uh, strengths. And uh, uh, yeah, certainly, I mean, we'll link to the other episodes as well. We get a little bit more, uh, some of the episodes about the minutia of uh, strengths finder and then, you know, how it applies different ways and uh, certainly a direct correlation here as well. And yeah, uh, Kevin, uh, what, what final thought do you have to end this episode with? I think all of this adulting uh, requires a little bit of luck. Um, you know, you might be like, oh, this is my dream institution, and you might get there, and, and you might have, you know, a, a supervisor that is not innovative or, or, or doesn't know how to talk to people, or vice versa, right? You might think, you know, this is the worst place, but you have great organization, great colleagues around you. So I think it's a little bit of luck, a little timing, a little patience, and, um, you know, realizing along the way what the more you can harness those top three to five strengths of yours and just continue to put yourself in those uh, environments as both a uh, supervisor and a supervisee um, I think just kind of continually pushing and fine-tuning who you are and um, really my last point is is this whole job search thing is just like marriage just regular relationship like Mandy said like don't settle like grill them professionally grill them and ask them the right questions you know like how do you celebrate wins you know what's something you're proud of you know how, you got to find especially the supervisor you're going to be working for like don't be afraid to ask five to ten questions 
of where you're going to work because a two hour half day interview for, to set up the next two or three years of your life, like you, you need to know that, that this is a fit. Um, and, uh, I would suggest reaching out to Mandy because she has a, an interesting story. I don't know if she's willing to share it after this, but, um, but there's, we've all been in that boat where like you think it's a right fit and then all of a sudden it's not. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, with that analogy, cause I mean, yeah, I've, I've thought of like, yeah, it's it, like, yeah, I think job searching, uh, in so much like marriage that, uh, you know, like dating cause yeah, like you're kind of like vetting a person while you're, you're dating this certainly, yeah. Committing to marriage is like committing for the long haul. Like you would, you know, be committing to a job and yeah, it's like, uh, making sure you have those like shared values, I think is the, the advice that I've gotten as a, uh, recently engaged person of just like, you know, things that are important to have a successful marriage or like a good relationship is at the very least having, uh, shared values. You don't have to like, yeah. you know, be into all the same things of like, you know, Oh, we both like, like, I love like geeky stuff. Like my partner doesn't necessarily love all those things. She'll hear yeah. me sometimes, but like our values for like, for life are, uh, yeah. similar and, you know, the same. So. Um, there's, and there's just too many ways to, to figure it out before you get called for the interview. Follow, you know, following them on their social media platforms, having those informal phone calls, uh, you know, trying to find somebody that works there and having lunch with them, you know, there's, there's, and going to events of theirs. Um, there's, just, there's too much that we can do now to figure out what, where, where you're going to work, what it's like, versus just showing up for a, a two-hour interview. And then you know, when you get the offer, you take it. So there's, just, there's a lot more context you can build uh, with an organization versus the interview. So, yeah. Um, and then, like I said, a lot, uh, there's certainly something we said for, uh, luck in this equation. I think it, mm -hmm. it's not, I think just passively waiting for, you know, luck doesn't mean, yeah, like passively waiting for things to just fall in your lap. It's like the preparation being in the right place and, um, knowing what you have to offer, all of that kind of coalesces into just like lightning striking, you know, at the right time and, and uh, you know, works out. And I think there's stuff that you can actively do to sort of help mm -hmm. luck along, I guess. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, all all great stuff. We'll have plenty of things to check out in the show notes. I uh, definitely recommend folks to uh, check all that out and connect with uh, Kevin and Mandy to you know, follow up on this topic or, uh, you know, any other follow-up questions and whatnot. But, um yeah, Kevin, Mandy, I appreciate both of your time. Appreciate the work that you do. And uh, yeah, just thanks for hanging out for this uh, podcast episode. Yeah, thanks, thank Dustin. you. Um, yeah, just have a good rest of your day, guys. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you again soon. Take you care. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to help us out, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher or iTunes, or just share out the show so other people can find all the cool stuff we talk about every single week. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast.